Bengals begin a new era in 2020 with first overall pick Joe Burrow at the helm. Could he breathe some life into the team from a fantasy perspective? Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. I'm your host, Michael Beller, joined today by Chris Meany. Meany, what's going on? Not much, Beller. I know I feel like I always say this. I know I just love football, but I'm excited for today's guest and today's team. Well, I know you're excited for today's uh, guest and today's team. Uh, and I, if any of you out there were uh, loyal listeners of Maya Meany's uh, gambling show last year, uh, Best on the Board, first of all, it'll be coming back this year, so get ready for it. Secondly, Meany had this affinity for both teams from Ohio. It seemed every single week he was backing at least one of the Browns or Bengals, if not both the Browns and the Bengals, and we're going to have one of those teams on here today. It is the Cincinnati Bengals. To do that, we bring on Jay Morrison, beat writer for the Cincinnati Bengals. Jay, what's going on? Hey, guys. How you doing? I, I hope Chris wasn't backing the Bengals too hard last year. I, they, <laughs> they didn't cover very often, and they certainly didn't win very often. <laughs> no, they didn't. But Jay always comes with some great stats. So, uh, you know, I always referenced a few stats that Jay had yeah. on here, that podcast growling for sure. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things. Uh, uh, Jay and Paul Daner Jr. have a uh, Bengals podcast for us here, that podcast growling. And I mean, he was always referencing those episodes or those the shows that he produced. So I feel like it's one show bleeding into the next, and we're going to bring it here now on Fantasy Football in 15. I don't think you can start uh, with anything other than the number one overall pick in the draft, Joe Burrow, whether we're talking real life, fantasy, a combination thereof. Joe Burrow is where everything starts for the Bengals this year. Now, any coach would want to have a guy like him no matter what. But we think about Zach Taylor, think about his offensive philosophy. How does what Burrow can do on the field fit into what Taylor wants to design for an offense? Um, I think, well, pardon the pun, but I think he's tailor-made. He, Joe, he, the, the one knock, if it is a knock on him, is he doesn't have great arm strength. It's good enough, but but that's not – what what this offense is built on they they don't take a lot of deep shots it is you got to do it from time to time but it is more about finding and locating the best read as fast as possible and getting the ball out as soon as possible and we've seen that from Joe Burrow just how how quick he can read and scan and process the field and I, I just I, I think that is going to be a a big part of of his success is how quickly he can pick up that mental part of it but the the other thing where i really think he fits in well and it's it's not an area you you want to be a fit but it's it's where the bengal's are right now and the the weakness on that offense is the offensive line and and you have to feel that that joe is is no matter how fast they're getting the ball out, he's he's gonna be feeling pressure from time to time, and his athleticism, the the, the ability to to escape pressure, whether it be tuck it and run or just kind of slide and move and then get the throw off, um, that's that's really gonna suit him well this year as well because it's they they Bengals made a lot of improvements this off season, but you can't fix everything in one off season and, and the one area they kind of left alone was the offensive line they've got a lot of faith in some young guys um, but but young offensive line young quarterback usually doesn't add up to great success so you talk about Taylor and maybe not needing to change any of his previously you know health philosophies to fit Burrow's strengths but I mean there's probably so many 
difficulties with with everything that's going on right now in the world of COVID. But how does the team navigate getting a rookie quarterback up to speed? Yeah, it's got to be tough because it's one thing to to learn the offense you know, through Zoom meetings and and getting the play the iPad playbook and and doing things that way. But you know you you need to you need to build a chemistry and a camaraderie with these guys, and he he just can't do that. I know. They're talking. Uh, they they want to get together and start throwing soon, and I, I think that's going to happen. With the way they're they're kind of they're relaxing. Most states are, are relaxing the restrictions as far as gatherings, and um, the, the the big issue, of course, is all these guys live in different parts of the country, and where do you go and, and get everybody together? You know, AJ Green had said uh, previously that that they will come to Joe Burrow. They will come to Athens, Ohio, and throw at Athens High School or at Ohio University, wherever it will be. Um, but but there's been some rumblings lately that maybe that those sessions are going to take place out in California. Um, everything's still up in the air. But whatever they can do, whenever they can get on the field, because it's looking now like there's not going to be a mini camp. Um, any anything they can do to to have Joe just see how these guys come out of breaks and and just get that build that chemistry and, and get to know each other as guys when, when they're on these zoom meetings they're talking and conversing but it's not the same um as you know sitting down with a guy in the lunchroom and kind of getting to know him as a person off the field uh that i've said this before that the the whole virtual offseason doesn't benefit anyone no one is getting an advantage from that but teams like the Bengals with uh, major turnover and a, and a rookie quarterback, it is a definite disadvantage. Um, so that's going to be something to watch in training camp is how fast he can get up to speed. You know, obviously every team wants to make the playoffs. And, hey, seventh team in both conferences, a little bit easier for everyone to make the playoffs. That's the goal. That's what every team starts the season with is going, making that and going from there. Uh, but it, stats don't necessarily always tell the story. If Zach Taylor uh, had to fast forward to December and say, all right, what if we we presented you this stat line? What would that stat line be to say this was a successful year for Joe Burrow? Well, that, it's kind of hard to put exact numbers on it. I, I think you start with a a two to one ratio of touchdowns to interceptions, and maybe maybe that's pie in the sky. But uh, certainly, more touchdowns and interceptions would be the baseline. But I, I think they have, based on what they've seen from him. Um, in college and his, his ability to, to make good decisions, I think they can set that bar a little bit higher. If it's Joe Burrow, if it's Zach Taylor, those guys answering this question, they're going to say playoffs or bust. That's how you that's how you define success. But you, you have to be realistic about it with, with the turnover they had, the fact that it's still a young coaching staff getting their footing, and, and the fact that it's a rookie quarterback. Um, I, I think right there, double touchdowns to interceptions and seven wins, you can call this a success. All right, so let's shift our focus over to the running back position. The whole fantasy community, I feel like they're torn on Joe Mixon. They're just waiting for that full-on superstar season. We saw parts of it last year towards the end of the year and 2018 certainly towards the end of the year as well. I mean, overall, a pretty good season. My concern, I want to see more targets, more catches out of the backfield. 30 as a rookie, then 43 in 2018, and only 35 catches on 45 targets last year. Like, is it reasonable expectation for his role as a pass catcher to grow, or is this just what we see from Mixon with like 30 to 40 grabs a year? 
Yeah, you know, on the surface, I would say it's going to grow. That, that that would be a reasonable baseline and then expect higher than what he did last year. But the the variable in this is is the contract situation. Um, he's he's going into his, his um, contract year, his fourth year, and he wants an extension. And depending on whether he gets one or not, I, I think will determine in some respect what his workload looks like. Because if they if they pay him and it, you know you you see it it backfires on teams so many times when when you drop big con big second contracts on running backs if they do pony up and give him a big extension you, you have to figure there's going to be some sort of load management this season and and whether that comes in uh, a two for one series split with Giovanni Bernard or it comes in a pull Joe Mixon off the field on third down type of situation. Uh, I do think we're going to see Giovanni Bernard uh, much more involved this year than he was last year. And that's going to come at Joe's expense somewhat. Um, I do think this is going to be a breakout year for Joe. Um, the The way they ripped up the, I mean, the running game was dreadful last year. It was horrible. And, and they to, to completely rip it up. On the on the bye or whatnot the week before the bye week on the flight to London to play the Rams and and then find the success that they had in the second half of the season particularly in the final month of the season uh, it, and with a suspect offensive line I talked about this year's offensive line not being that good it's 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 far and way better than what they had last year because they're getting Jonah Williams back who was their first round pick didn't play it all last year last year they're playing with Andre Smith and John Jerry as their tackles and those are guys they signed off the street right before camp so I think this is going to be a big year for Joe I just think it's going to be more in in the rushing realm than it will be in the receiving realm simply because you're getting A.J. Green back you you've got a second round pick in T Higgins there's there's only so many passes to be spread around but I, I do think I'm, I'm with you in that he should be a bigger part because he is terrific. That, that is where Joe excels is when he gets in the open field. And if you can if you can hit him out of the backfield, get him one on one with a linebacker, you can really get some big plays out of that. But I just I don't know if the snaps are there and the attempts are there. Just too many other weapons and, and too much at play with Giovanni Bernard sitting behind him. Plenty of confidence for Joe Mixon in the fantasy community, fantasy diehards who are already drafting, giving him an ADP of 9.75 in NFFC leagues. That makes him eighth off the board in a typical draft sandwich. In between a couple of running backs who had big years last year, Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. Uh, let's move on out to wide receiver here. It's got to start with A.J. Green, of course. Uh, missed seven games last year with the ankle injury. Uh, health-wise, where is he right now? Yeah, he says he's 100%. Um and there's really no reason to doubt him. There, there was belief that he could have played last year, would have played maybe had they not been having such a dreadful season. But that, that's hit the question of his health is is a big issue because he's he's number one on the extension list. He's he's playing under the franchise tag this year. He's not happy about it, but he will play. He said. The Bengals want him here long term. AJ wants to finish his career as a Bengal. They just can't find middle ground on the contract because the, 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 AJ hasn't proven anything that that he is healthy. He's had two surgeries since the last time the Bengals really saw him go full go. It was the ankle last year. It was the toe the year before. Um, there, there's and plus he's on the wrong side of thirty. I mean, there's a lot of questions there uh, for for a Bengals team that that wants to drop 
a huge contract on a wide receiver. He says he's healthy. I guess we're not going to find out until training camp because everything's going to be virtual this offseason. But if, if you're if you're banking your draft on on whether he's healthy or not, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that. The the Bengals worrying about it from a contract situation is one point, but just in drafting him for for one year, um, I, I do think we are going to see a, a, a heck of a year from AJ Green. I, I even though injuries have become an issue, he's still a heck of a talent and getting Joe Burrow in here and the other pieces around him, it just feels like, and potentially if they don't come to an extension, it's a contract year. And we know how guys stats tend to spike on contract years. Um, I I do think we're going to see a pretty big year from AJ green. You know, Beller mentions NFFC drafts and AJ green wide receiver 29 from April 30th to the end of May wide receiver 30, his teammate, Tyler Boyd, who basically had identical seasons, 2018 and 2019. And a lot of people in the fantasy community, they were just talking about, yeah, Boyd, he needs AJ green on the field to be productive. And clearly, you know, that wasn't the case. He still had some pretty good seasons, but I feel like a lot of people are torn on Boyd. Does he have another gear in him or is this kind of who he is? Like, what do you expect from, from, from Boyd in what will be year five now in the NFL. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a catch twenty two because you're gonna have AJ Green and, and T Higgins out there to take some heat off of Tyler Boyd, but they're also gonna take some targets away from him. Um, I I think Tyler Boyd is is capable of having a really big year. We we saw th- those numbers. When, when A.J. got hurt and, and Tyler moved outside and he still put up really big numbers, and that's not where he, he's best. He is at his best coming out of the slot. So if, if you've got A.J. and T. Higgins on the outside, Tyler Boyd could have a, a really impressive year this year. I just I don't know if he's, if he's going to put up the, the catches and, and the yardage numbers that he did with A.J. out because it, it's just A.J. is going to be the number one target. There's just, there's just no doubt about that. And maybe teams are going to be reluctant to put a lot of attention on, on T. Higgins until he can come out and break out of the gate and prove himself. Um, but, again, it's hard, to, it's hard to put a lot of attention on a slot guy. Um, I, I, would, I would not hesitate at all. To, to draft a Tyler Boyd, but I, I don't think we're going to see him go to the other gear, like you said. I, I think what we've seen from him so far is probably about his cap. Jay, if there's one player on this team that we're not talking about right now in the fantasy world that we're likely not to be talking about a month from now or two months from now when we're sitting down to draft, but we will be talking about in November and December, who could that player be? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, maybe John Ross. It's it's his contract year, and we haven't seen him put it together. Uh, he's had flashes here and there, but but maybe the the light goes on. But there again, it's it's a situation of of splitting up the the targets. You got he's got three guys ahead of him. Um, Auden Tate could could surprise. He's he's going to be a like a specialty receiver. They're they're going to use him the way he needs to be used. They had to lean on him a, a lot more than they wanted to last year with the injuries, and he came through and, and, and really played well. But if you if you just save him as a red zone target and a third down guy, um, he, he could really have some impressive touchdown numbers for a you know, 
third, fourth tier wide receiver because he's just he's got this ridiculous catch catch radius. Um, just how, has kind of that basketball feel to, to box guys out and, and and work himself open, and that that is a very nice luxury to have in the red zone for a rookie quarterback like Joe Burrow. Somebody that if things break down and, and your first or second option's not there, just throw a jump ball to Auden Tate and, and let him go up and get it because if it's near him, he's going to catch it. A lot of excitement in Cincinnati going into the 2020 season. That's going to happen when you bring in a first overall pick quarterback who's coming off leading his team to a national championship and winning the Heisman himself. That's Jay Morrison, our Bengals beat writer. Jay, thanks again for joining us today. All right, great talking to you guys. You can go ahead and follow Jay on Twitter at jmorrisonath, the first three letters of athletic. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not yet an athletic subscriber, you can get a free 30-day trial at theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Chris Meany and Jay Morrison, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you on Monday. Have a great weekend.